Hey gang, what's going on? It's me, Mikey P. Thank you for tuning into the show. I was just going to jump on the front of the train here and do a little business and then we will get right to this awesome interview. Uh, more of a discussion. These one-on-one shows I'm finding more and more to be really pleasurable. Not that I don't like the the panelists and stuff like that, but I feel like when it's one-on-one, I really get to delve in and we're not interrupting each other we're not talking over each other and a real discussion is able to really unfold not that when you have a panelist on it doesn't unfold it's just i don't know i like it it's a little more intimate uh, so you know there's gonna be more of those coming up i got some skype interviews that are gonna be fun so stay tuned for that so i just wanted to say let's see skanks roots project will be doing a fall tour the first show will be in salt lake city utah at the royal on september 22nd the second show will be september 23rd at the lighthouse lounge in ogden utah 924 it will be at the Las Vegas Country Saloon in Las Vegas and then we'll be back here at the Legacy Brewing Company in Oceanside, California. So Fire Band this Sunday I'll probably be releasing this on September 3rd. So September 4th So Fire Band will be at Temecula or in Temecula, California at the Blackbird. Also, I'm really happy to announce that I am going to be playing with the beautiful and talented Janelle Phillips, who is doing awesome things right now, and I'm very happy that she asked me to um, jump on board with her her new band, her new lineup, and that is going to be September 18th at the Dabolition Derby. Now, I'm super excited about this, not only because uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls, Don Carlos, Fortunate Youth, Hyrie, The Expanders, The Devastators, and Quinto Sol is going to be there, but... It's also an entire festival dedicated to dabbing. That's right, folks. Dabbing. Now, if you're not familiar with dabbing, what they do is... From what I understand, there's two different extraction methods. One is there's a CO2 extraction, which is a more pure, clean extraction. And then there's a butane extraction, which is... um, You know, it uses butane to extract the the fundamental crystals keef all the good stuff of like shake a lot of people use actual flour like the buds and so what you get at the end of the day is like sometimes they call it wax some kind sometimes they call it um um hash oil sometimes they just call it oh man what are the shatter and it's basically like a narcotic if you guys haven't seen that video of the rapper, I forgot his name, but there's a rapper who hits a dab and he's like, oh, yeah, 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 I can fucking hit this shit. What's up now? You know, and he hits the dab through this bong. He starts coughing so much. He's drooling all over himself. He ends up falling over and going into convulsions or he just passes out. I'm not sure what that, uh, if that's, I don't know if that was staged or not, but it's certainly pretty freaking awesome. Um, check out that video. So basically the dab is like the, the, the concentrated extraction of weed. It's a narcotic. When I was on tour with Skanks Roots Project, we were at Fresno, we were in Fresno and it was after the gig and we were going to stay at another band's house and it was weird. 
everyone was smoking weed or not well smoking weed in the house but then they were also smoking cigarettes in the house and then what what's the last time that you been to someone's house where they are smoking weed or smoking cigarettes in the house I don't even remember. I, I don't know anybody who smokes cigarettes in the house right now. Hold on. I got to check on the kids make sure they're not dead. Hold on. Stay out of there. No, no, no. Get away from that. Bishop, get away from that. Go. Sorry about that. Anyways, when's the last time that you've been to someone's house where they're smoking cigarettes in the house? How nasty. It was a weird place. Like, the band was cool. They were nice guys. But, like, the floor was wet. There was a dog running around jumping on you. It was like shit. The house smelled like shit and piss and cigarettes. And all of a sudden, I'm getting, like, like it's high school all over again. I'm getting peer pressured to sit there and hit the dab. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to hit the dab. I, I threw down, like, an eighth of weed to, to smoke a blunt. We're smoking weed all night. They're drinking. I don't drink anymore. And all of a sudden, it's like, Ooh, let's take some dabs. Let's take some dabs. And I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to drool on myself in front of like a whole crowd of people. So we ended up. So finally, of course, they get the better of me because I am weak. Lord knows I'm weak. Thank you, Bradley Noel. So I hit this fucking dab, and sure enough, I'm coughing on myself. I'm drooling on myself. I, I, I go catatonic, because that's what dabs do. They make you go catatonic. And I remember going and sitting in the, the living room with a bunch of people I didn't know, smoking cigarettes all around me, inhaling secondhand smoke. And I'm, I don't know. I think we were watching Dazed and Confused. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, you know how, like, you get so high that you start, you start, you start questioning everything that's happening in your whole life. Like, what, what am I doing here? Why am I in Fresno? I have a new baby at home and my wife who is taking care of him. Like, I, what, what am I doing in this house where people are just smoking cigarettes and killing me with their secondhand smoke? So, finally, everyone was like, we're, we're supposed to crash at this house. And finally, everybody was like, nah, fuck this. We're not staying here. We're not going to be in the Trasherville house. So I, everyone was drinking except for me. And so guess who got to drive? The lesser of two evils. I was so fucked up, which I shouldn't even be admitting this, but I was. I was so fucked up. I could barely drive, and we're, like, driving around Fresno, trying to find some shitty hotel. We ended up staying in this, like, cracky, crackhead motel, like, across the street from the Jack in the Box and, and, the, <laughs> and the, like, adult bookstore and the pawn shop and the gun store and the liquor store and the whole thing. So, anyways, we... I don't know. So, we find it. No one dies. Everything's okay. But... I don't know. I mean, driving while high is not a good idea. I don't suggest it. It's awful, especially on dabs. So anyways, this whole festival is dedicated to that. A whole dab festival. I'm pretty excited. I just got my weed card. And I know you're asking, if you don't smoke weed, why do you have your weed card? Because in California, it's my right. And my wife gets high all the time. And I hate depending on flaky-ass drug dealers. They're the worst. I'd rather go and get an official drug dealer who's, you know, sanctioned by the state 
and where I can get my drugs, you know, safely, legally, and in a timely fashion. Anyways, so we will be playing the Dab Fe- Dabolition Derby 2016, like I said, with Voodoo Glow Style, uh, Skulls, Don Carlos, Fortunate Youth, Hyrie, The Expanders, The Devastators, and Quinto Soul, and Janelle Phillips. So uh, I'm happy to be backing her again. And this is at the Paris Auto Speedway, which, oh, looks like it's a Paris, California, which I think is close to Riverside. Anyways, oh well. It's 18700 Lake Paris Drive in Paris, California. That's the Paris Auto Speedway. I'm going to try to do it sort of like the Summer Meltdown Festival where I went and recorded some sets of the artists. And then I'm going to go around and try to talk to the artists. Probably be quick, like five-minute little interview in- interviews. We'll see what happens. Anyways, I've rambled on way too long. And when I said that story about dabbing and driving, don't dab and drive. It reminded me of another story where I had to drive over the Golden Great Bridge high as fuck on dabs, too. But that's another story for another time. In the meanwhile, please enjoy this conversation I had with my good friend Alika Lyman, who has has done the impossible by uh, being a working, functioning musician in Hawaii, which you folks, if you don't know, is the playground for billionaires all over the world to come and jack up the prices for the natives so it's almost unlivable to the people who are actually from there kind of like manhattan so uh that's enough of me let's bring on alika lyman welcome back ladies and gentlemen this is the we speak english good podcast we are doing a um, early morning, early for me, I guess. I think the earliest podcast I ever did was 11, which you'll never hear because um, it got eaten by a virus on my fucking hard drive. So that sucks. Sorry, Miko. Uh, that was an awesome conversation. But um, it is gone now into the ether uh, with the rest of all the deleted files of the universe. So, <sighs> Where's, where's mine? <laughs> that makes me feel better. <laughs> Anyways, our guest today is um, is a good friend, Alika. What what is your last name? Lyman. Lyman. Alika Lyman, who is a Hawaiian native son, and uh, he came to the mainland to play a gig. Uh, what what was the gig you were doing? Uh, it was for Tiki Oasis at the Bali High restaurant. Okay. Yeah. So it, it was a luau, right? Or a uh, luau based thing? Sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, there was food there, but yeah. It's like, <laughs> there was food. Was there pig? Uh, I don't know, man. There I, better have been. I, yeah, I feel like it's a luau without like pig. Like a, like you, uh, with a right. pig on a platter. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? If there's no poi or pig, it's not really a luau. <laughs> I know there was no poi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just went to... Uh, my buddy, he's uh, he's a guy I play with, Sean Bro. He plays uh, he plays guitar, but he his brother runs this uh, Guam um, festival every month, and I know Guam and Hawaii are two different islands, mm-hmm. but like they kind of have like that island feel yeah. where when they throw parties and stuff. Yes, and yes, and like out came the pig, and like everybody just came swarming. <laughs> and of the course, fu- the funniest part about that was. So um, I don't know. Do do um, 
do Hawaiians call white people Hollies? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, like, I know they see me as a Holly. First of all, when we pull up to the festival, we uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to park, and the guy who's – because there's limited parking, and then they have shuttles. So, like, I drive up, and the guy who's guarding the gate is looking at me, and he's like, no park. Some little Guamanian dude, just like, oh, oh. <laughs> and I'm in my Bromero, my Camaro, so it looks like I'm just some asshole Holly just trying to like run up on the parking from you know the the native people who want to park there. Uh, so I go and find parking like two blocks away. I have both the kids, Ari and Bishop. And uh, and Reina and I have like this big thing of water because Sean told me to bring water and and then I got some pan dulce which is Mexican sweet bread and I was like you know mm. I'll bring some of my culture to this fucking thing. hell yeah hell yeah uh, <laughs> so we walk up and as I'm walking up the guy was like oh why did you tell me you had a whole family and I'm like motherfucker you did ass like yeah. you just said it so that was number one number two <laughs> there's several things because I know they just saw me as an asshole white guy. I, I walk in, and I take the water to where the water, well, to the bar, because they got a bar, and then they got food laid out and shit. It's yeah. awesome. Awesome. It was an awesome event. I loved it. And I'm not trying to uh, disparage the good people who invited me and the Guamanian people. Wonderful people. Um, <clears throat> so I took my water up there, and, like, you see in the back, uh, there's just, like, cases, like a wall of cases of, of water. And I oh, bring shit. it up. And I'm like, oh, here you go. Here's like my donation because everybody sort of brings a plate and brings something. And like the girl behind the bar go and looks at the other dude at the dude and was like, another case of water, great. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, man, it's like, well, hey, Sean, there's, told- there's a drought in California, right? <laughs> it's nice. It's a nice gesture. <laughs> well, and plus Sean was like, just bring water, just bring water, and. You, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sean, Sean's brother runs the. He puts the festival on, so you know I thought the brother of the lead guy is gonna know. Fucking bring water. Okay, so that was the second thing. The third thing was I saw you could. Everybody was taking plates to go. You know. Uh huh. And um, so I went and got a nice big old plate for later, and everybody was going to the bar and getting foil, and <laughs> I go up there, and. Um, I asked, I was like, hey, can I get a piece of foil so I can, you know? And they look at me and they're like, we don't got any more foil. So I'm like, oh, "Oh, okay, bummer. So I'm sure you can guess what happens. Like five minutes later, I see someone going up and like, they break out the foil. (laughs) Oh, fuck, man. Shit. That sucks. That's why why Hawaiians hate Guamanians, right? No. 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 We do not hate Guamanians. No, I was just joking, but oh, man, that's but that was so. I. It was funny, and like you know, I I don't take any offense to it because fucking what Mexicans will do the same shit. Man, we love Mexicans. I don't know what's up with them, man. But you know, <laughs> I maybe maybe Hawaiians are a little well, cooler. I'm man. pretty light skinned for Mexican. Uh, I'm, I'm a half skin, so like and like so the 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 lighter side seems to be what people pay attention to the most with me so that's okay i don't mind i realize my role and how i'm perceived in this world so hey if you're cool you're cool though 
Yeah, that's true. I don't think they. If, no. yeah, yeah, it's all good. I mean, if you came there drunk and getting rowdy, yeah, it's like, <laughs> like give us a yeah. fucking fool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then it's like, oh, <laughs> this guy's ass. All right, no foil for you, sir. Take your uh, plate somewhere else. I thought people from Guam were really sweet when I went up there, but you know, I don't know. They are though. They are. They're like super cool people. It's just uh, like it was like a, definitely an old generation guy sitting behind like the bar like at that time. And he's just looking at me and looking at my plate like, <laughs> like mm. no, sir. And, you know, the case could have been where, like, he could have, uh, he, 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 maybe at that time they ran out foil and then someone just brought some foil, you know? Right. Maybe. Right, right, right. You know, maybe A bunch then, of those things could have just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. could have so happened. But, you know, in my head, it was just, fuck this Holly, no foil for this punk. So, that's fine. I don't mind. I, I'll, I'll accept that for whatever it is. Anyways, Alika, um, Alika is a Hawaiian um, native son. And is there like a specific, like, brand <laughs> of Hawaiian uh, you are? Or um, well, I guess in, if, if <laughs> I were to think to about it, no, 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 break it no, down no, no, like that. no, no. If you're to think about it, there's very few pure Hawaiians. So the way we identify is by our second race. Oh, okay. So, like, I'm Hawaiian Portuguese. Oh, okay. And so we, that's usually how somebody would present themselves. Okay. This is like a brand of Hawaiian, if I okay. really think about it. You know? Okay, so Hawaiian Portuguese. So that makes me a loud, but- boisterous <laughs> overeater. Hey, I'm with you, though, baby. <laughs> this dude comes in with some In-N-Out last night and just smashes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, in my head, I'm like, I want to eat that fucking sandwich so bad. <laughs> I got I want- you one. I know. He brought me a sandwich. He ended up giving it to Bartley, my roommate. But, but like I have to like, I don't know, I don't know if you do these, but like discipline, of course. Like I mean, you're yeah. an excellent player, so I know you have some kind of discipline yeah. with something. Yeah. And so I'm working on the food thing, but the music. Thing. It's hard, dude. It's so fucking hard because, I mean, I used to drink a lot and do a lot of dumb stuff, but, um, food has always been my, my, vice, and so like I, I regimented myself to. Um, I I don't eat after seven o'clock, and sometimes I do because like sometimes you're gigging late and you're just out. And you're I know just, it's you part of the eat. hang, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're yeah, <laughs> it's hard to not eat after a gig. Man. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like oh, let's go get some fucking burritos and shit. So right, yeah. So, um, so I have to like regiment myself. Is there anything that you kind of implement at all with eating at all? Yeah, like, yeah. You- I mean, when I when I went to In and Out to grab those burgers. That was the second time I was there. We today. talking to the mic. Yo, all right. You can adjust it, have you? Um, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. no. Uh, when when we went to to get the burgers, I told the guy I was with, I was like, I don't usually eat like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I've been I've been working on discipline myself. Mm-hmm. So, but mainland good mainland food is is good mainland food. It's man. hard. It's hard. If I'm gonna miss it, you know, like I'm going to a fucking Indian buffet. <laughs> sometime this trip because <laughs> you just gotta do it man do they uh why not have a lot of indian food like that we usually have one of something uh-huh. and we got a road trip for it well yeah. a hawaii road trip but <laughs> it's like a half if, hour if the island's small it's it's all relative so a half hour drive is like an hour drive here yeah yeah and and also um Okay, yes, I can see what you're saying. It like, just becomes relative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people yeah, don't want to Scales down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 45 minute drive, forget like, it. Fuck that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not doing it. We're just going to go eat poi. 
Yep. <laughs> That's how it's working. <laughs> I'm gonna get some shaved ice and poi. That's why I imagine fucking Hawaii is just shaved ice and poi everywhere. I don't, I've never been to Hawaii, but I want to go, and it seems awesome. Um, Alika is also a. Uh, you're also a, a working professional musician. Yes. And um, in a state um, of Hawaii. If you don't know, it's uh, incredibly expensive, and <laughs> what Alika is doing is almost impossible to do for a lot of people. He's his own boss. So tell me, like, sort of how you got into that scene, and like, what scene you're a part of, and um, we'll, yeah, just yeah. start there. Let's start okay. There. So when I was in high school, I did a lot of uh, metal and stuff like that, yes. and then I. I ended up playing like alternative music and that was, we were doing good in that small scene, but I didn't meet any of the pros. Mm. Uh, but then I had a couple of teachers up there from the mainland that taught me some stuff. And then I moved to Seattle with my rock band. Oh, okay. Oh, that's why you're in Seattle? Yeah, that's how I ended up there. Oh, okay. So a little background, Alika, well, you didn't even know Raina in Seattle, right? No. Okay. No, so a mutual friend. you knew uh, Isaac yes. uh, Rubio, which I've been trying to get that motherfucker on this show, but every time he has an excuse, he's sick or he can't do it. So I'm like, you know what? It's cool. Whenever you're ready, just hit me up. Nice guy. Love the guy. I just met him when we did uh, our little West Coast tour here in mm. June or July, whatever the fuck that was. Who He'd knows? be great. Man. He's he's great at everything. Yeah, he's uh, he's good. He's fucking, he's awesome, man. Um, anyways, so... Seattle with your rock band. Right. And then I was already getting hip to jazz and the jazz scene there was really good. But now what's your just sidetrack for a second. What's your um what's your background with music and wh wh where did you start with it? Uh I started I played saxophone in school. But that was I was kind of I was like a really bad band student. <laughs> I was fourth chair because there was no chair below that, you know. I would have been the lowest chair. But uh, <laughs> but I really took a liking to guitar and playing Beatles songs because I, I was a Beatles fan when I was a kid. And then I started playing guitar organically just to play the Beatles tunes. So I think oh. I started at a good place. Okay. Like mentally. Like I didn't want to play guitar per se. I wanted to play Beatles tunes. And I yeah. think that was a great way to kick off playing because it set me in the right direction well that gives you an excellent sense of pop and like yeah. writing structure and like you know like excellent writing structure right without without it being spelt out like right. okay today i'm gonna learn you know these notes and this structure and that no it's just it's just pure just music yeah which is always the best place to come from i think so. yeah i think yeah. so just just from a musical standpoint and whatever you got to do to get there is you know is the technical part yeah i think that's really important so you you start with the beatles you knew saxophone so you could read music a little no i i, I threw that away though because i was a bad band student yeah, so, <laughs> so i didn't start reading again till i was 19 oh wow and then so i'm 28 now and i'm i'm i've kind of got my head around the reading but can always use some work Dude, that's that's crazy. Like, start at such an not an old age. Nineteen is not old, but, but like, it's late. It is late to start. I mean, like, I I could read when I was in like high school, and then like I just sort of gave it up because I was a fucking rocker. Yeah, yeah, me and, too. Me too. And, like, yeah. I don't need this. Yeah. I'm amazing. And 
Yeah, so now I suffer a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Is I I can read charts, but like to like sit there and translate. You know, I can read music, but I can't just you know do it like flow it. I have to sit there and be like, okay, every good boy, right? Okay. And right. I'm so weak, but chord charts I can usually hang. But yeah, it just I mean it depends. Uh, anyway, so so you abandon music. Um, or at least the reading side yes, of it. Yeah, and gone. Then, and then uh, 19, you decided to start reading again? Yeah, and taking music seriously in general, like beyond rocking out with a band, like learning, you know, all the modes and uh, jazz standards and scales, all my scales, all that shit, and being able to understand theory. It happened at 19. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and then. And then, so you just been building on that from there. Yeah, because okay. that that fire that started in in two thousand seven never went away. Yeah, oh, it's good. it's a it was a great thing that happened. Yeah. What do you think got that fire started? Uh, not being able to hang. So it's always important <laughs> to meet new people, new yeah, players, yeah. right? Because that's your biggest. If you can't hang, you work till you can. You know. Yeah. So I think. So ever since then, I started meeting a lot of really good players in two thousand seven. And I've always sought out really amazing players to get that kick in the ass again. Yeah, it, it's so crazy how just by like sitting in with people who are better than you that you like really like right on the spot you'll just start noticing like oh shit I'm doing something. It's like you start feeling something. Uh huh. Like, that's happened a few times when I'll just be playing with uh, you know people where I'm just like this guy is fucking amazing. It's like all of a sudden like I'm able to get like the rhythm of playing notes because like you can play notes and you can play like the blues. There's a certain way you attack it, mm-hmm. but like with jazz and stuff, there's like a very you know there's a specific way you hit your notes and you run a scale. Uh-huh. And so like to get that feel and to get that that motion going. It, all of a sudden you're doing it and you're like, what the fuck was that? That's amazing. Yeah. So, so that's a great tip actually for anybody who's coming up right now is like go out and find musicians who are better than you and fucking play with them. And you know what? If they're, if they're assholes, they might make fun of you, but most musicians are not assholes. Yeah. We all start at the same place. Most of the guys at the top of the mountain are actually really, really nice. Yeah. Nice, yeah. humble people who aren't, who aren't like going to shit on you because you're trying to learn. Which is like that's the worst. Have you ever been around anybody who's been like, ugh, you know, like just yeah, sort of just like, like scoffing at people who are learning? Yeah, it's very rare, but you know. Yeah, yeah. And then out of that demographic of people who vibe you, there's one percent that can actually play, but the other ninety nine percent are hiding something. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Uh, but there is a small amount of people who are just very special, man, and they're total dicks, and they play <laughs> really well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. small demographic, though. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so you start surrounding yourself by better players, yeah. and you're just like, fuck that, I need to play, and I need to get it, and I need to, okay. So then, so then when, when okay, so then back to Seattle, how did you get to Seattle, and where, where does that fall on your timeline? Uh, 2009 to 2012. Okay, so like, you were just starting to like, really kick it in high yeah, gear, and yeah. you went up there to start, um but it was a rock band yeah and that dissolved really quick because our drummer didn't make the move with us oh uh, so so 
So, okay, so like, wh- what was the name of the band, first of all? St- uh, Stoic. Stoic. Yeah, yeah, And what yeah. kind of music was it? It was alternative. I was out of thrash by then, because okay. we were trying to get com- more commercial, I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And you guys were like, fuck it, we'll go to Seattle, where the right. alternative scene... Well, it's a thing that happens in Hawaii. Your, your small little rock band gets big. Oh, you guys had a following in Hawaii? Yeah. Oh, Yeah, right. it was nice following. Oh, fun. Yeah, it was great. And then... You get too big for the island, and you either learn three hours of covers to play in the bars, yeah. or you can move to the mainland and try to do the lottery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I feel that. Okay, so that that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't even think about it from that perspective because, yeah, what? How far can you really go? Yes, in on Hawaii, a fucking, on an island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, in, in a loud rock band, not very far. <laughs> if, if if you're doing singer songwriter or traditional Hawaiian. Anything in the island vein, you can you can make a great career in Hawaii, dude. That's what I love about uh like the Green and Jay Boog and stuff. They have that like super island vibe to yeah. them, but then they also like will rock some shit. The Green will just break down with some hardcore R and B. Yeah, like I remember when I saw them live, like fucking all of a sudden they just broke it. And I wasn't too familiar with the Green because I'm kind of new to the whole reggae thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw them just break it down. I'm like, oh shit! Like, cause like I love me some R and B, some yeah. slow jabs, you know. And they just broke it down like so fucking hard. In Hawaii, we love the slow jams too, yeah. <laughs> and that R and B feel. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Everyone gets down to it. The Green and Jay Boog are super polished and, yeah. and amazing, and um, their their arranging skills are really good. Because I don't know, when you're too hung up in theory, sometimes if a tune is two chords, you kind of just throw it, throw <laughs> it in that stack of stuff that's two chords, and yeah. and it's there for you. But they really opened my eyes to arranging and like, yeah, okay. So if you're such a badass, what are you gonna do with those two chords? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So they really opened my eyes, man. Yeah, because yeah, you're you're absolutely right. When you only have two chords to work with, it's like, what the fuck do you even do with these two chords? Yeah, and uh, you know, you you seriously have to get some. You have to dig down in that creative pool and like make those two chords fucking rock the fuck out, yeah. however you can. Just, uh, when I played with uh, Ellie Mack, who's a contemporary, mm-hmm. she yeah, awesome. She's totally in their circle. Nice, nice lady too. Yep. Ellie Mack, shout out. <laughs> yeah she you know a lot of her tunes are about two or three chords and it's like you know what like you can't blame the tune you got to make it something you got to turn it into something yeah and the great thing about like i know there's like like some reggae from like jamaica that's like gangster as fuck and like talking about some real shit but like what i like about like jay boog and stuff actually Rada pointed out she was like you know, all these rappers in America, they all talk about, like, uh, not that Jay Boog is a rapper or anything, but he works with, like, Snoop Dogg and shit. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, he's, he's out there doing it. But, like, when they approach the subject of women, it's not like, yeah, fucking bitches, slapping yeah, hoes, yeah, punching yeah. bitch in the nose, whatever. It's like, it's like this is my queen. This is my mm-hmm. everything. And like, and she's like, I just love that. And I was like, wow, that's that's a great observation because that is nice. And it's like it's very uplifting so yeah how yeah. is how is like the culture of like men and women in hawaii like also is it like women in the kitchen still dynamic or and men go out and work is that is that like a dynamic that works in hawaii? Bo- both of us are working and oh. grandma watches the kids okay. and it's so expensive <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're both Got working. You. Both cook, both work. Okay. It's, I like that. It's hard. It's it's a it it can be a hard life in Hawaii, man. But that was but that's something that's kind of more recent, though, right? Now, I mean, not like recent in the last couple of years, but like over the last like maybe thirty years, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because Hawaii wasn't always like this expensive place. Correct. It was when like people from the mainland came and started well, like, rich people. Rich people started, started coming buying up. Yeah, yeah. It's becoming a playground for the rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Manhattan, we were just yeah. <laughs> we were just yeah. talking about which. Um, you're gonna be moving to New York soon. Yes. Well, let's let's hold up. Okay, so we kind of got sidetracked. So I want to hear about stoic. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so you went to Seattle um, with, with without the drummer. And yeah. He, he didn't want to go, or he just yeah. He I mean he bunked out last minute. Oh, that's always the okay. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You still talk to that cat? Yeah. He's he's a good friend. Yeah. Um. I'm bummed about that whole thing that happened, but I'm glad I I went. Yeah, yeah. And if he told me he wasn't going, I would have stayed and finished school. Oh shit! But yeah. I'm so glad I left. So where where did you guys where did you guys move in Seattle? Because Seattle's not cheap. It's like right. Looking- Actually, at that time, it wasn't on the map. It kind of fell off. Okay. We didn't know what was about to happen. Right in mm-hmm. 2012, like I don't want to blame it completely on the Super Bowl or Macklemore, but between that and all the tech jobs, yeah, yeah. Seattle got back on the map. And But when I was there, when I told people in Hawaii I was moving there, almost everyone was like, Seattle, why are you going there? What's there? And when I went there, I was like, this place is awesome. Yeah. And like, I'm glad people don't want to move here. Three years later, Shit. and they legalized pot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. That, that's amazing. So when I got there, it was a, it was a little, it was cheap. It was mm. kind of cheap. What part of town do you guys live? Uh, we moved to Shoreline, which is just outside Seattle city limits. Okay. And when I was when I moved to, into Seattle proper, I was so stoked to write Seattle on my address. <laughs> nice. So the band, yeah, the band dissolved, man. And um, so, but but the three of you, or how many went? It was three of us. Three. So the three of you minus the drummer went. And so, what you guys try to do, like get the get a new drummer, Craigslist drummers, and nothing panned out. Yeah, uh, stuff panned out, but you know what? It turned into um, the same thing we were doing in Hawaii, playing like bills with four bands, mm-hmm. and maybe getting fifty bucks. <laughs> or they do that whole thing where they make the band sell tickets, and the, uh. the the tickets are ten bucks, and you get a buck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pre-sale too. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was just like Hawaii, but there were a lot more places to play. Yeah, but it's a little bit of a Ponzi scheme because they'll they'll rent out a place venue with a nice stage and the lights and the fog machines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. and it literally like it makes you feel like you're yeah you're huge yeah it's like, yeah. yeah I'm doing things yeah. but they're making dough off of you. Hell yeah, they and are. it can be kind of weird. Yeah, it totally gets weird, man. Those like those shitty promoters, and and, and it's uh, and they're like they're riding that wave of the '90s. So they're yeah. like, yeah, you want this because this is what's yeah. the shit. And yeah, it's like the crocodiles, like uh-huh. fucking, like you want to get in here, you gotta fucking pay for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's that's crazy. I mean, uh, when I first got here, that was so, sort of the thing that was going on. But San Diego never really <coughs> had. I mean, San Diego. I think the music scene in San Diego has like taken off big time like not mm. like people are getting signed left and right but mm-hmm. like um just as in like the community itself I, I feel like the quality of music is just really 
at, at like an all-time high right now. And That's when, great. When I first got here like 10 years ago, I, I didn't really feel that. I felt like a lot of disconnection and stuff. But like there's a lot of cool things happening now. And um, a lot of great studios and a lot of a lot of good people behind the boards and a lot of good producers, a lot of good people doing stuff here. So, um, so yeah, when I first got here, we were just sort of floundering in this, like, mess of, like, you know, you had to pay to play somewhere, but mm. it wasn't even, like, a cool place to pay, play. Mm. It was, like, this, like, mm. shitty place out in, over here by SeaWorld Drive and shit, like, on Marina Boulevard. It's like, you gotta put these, t- you gotta sell these tickets and yeah, get yeah. the fuck out of here with yeah. that. Yeah, I know, and, um, man, I don't know, the, pair that with, like, the mentality of, like, I'm gonna, you know, from the artist's perspective, like, I'm gonna work hard. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hustle. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you think that's part of the hustle right. is selling the tickets. Right. So it's weird because you want to have this good attitude, and that can like work against you. Yeah, totally. So you have to stop and say, "Hey, like, should I sell these tickets? <laughs> like, am I being lazy? Yeah. Or, or is this like kind of weird? Or am I being used? Yeah, yeah." yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, no one wants to think about it like that. You want to think about it as hustling. Yeah. Grind your Uh huh. Uh huh. Work, bitch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's a, a yeah. And and you're young and you're just like you're hungry. And you want yes. To so then what? So that dissolved in Seattle. Uh huh. And I'm. I mean, I I'm, I'm just as much a reason for it as everyone else because I started linking up with people and gigging right away. I was excited to be in a city. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you were like, so you're like, I'm fucking. Yeah. Going. I was like, hey, you know what? Like, I'll do the band thing with you guys, but I fucking left Hawaii, and the mainland is. L- let's see who this is. All right. All right. We're gonna put right. a pin in it. Oh, I guess it wasn't gonna. So you were like, uh, so you're like. So were you doing primarily like jazz gigs? Uh, like? Reggae. Reggae. I started. I started my getting my reggae chops in Seattle, oh, and I was, uh, I was stoked to do it because it reminded me of home. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was with a reggae group called the Smoke Rick Kings, which is how I met Isaac. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. He played djembe. Oh, so Isaac's been in the reggae gang, the circle for a long time. Yeah, there. yeah. Okay, I I thought he just came to it for some reason because I know um, he was because Isaac is super like well. From what I knew of him, he was like hip hop. That's right. what I knew of him. But right, but he's been hip to reggae too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but these bands he's in now are are actually like relatively new, mm-hmm. but it's just part of his progression. So yeah, it makes yeah. sense to me. Like it, yeah. It's like yeah, he would end up leading a, a big reggae group. Yeah, he's a great frontman. Yeah, he. Uh, I've never really seen. Really him charismatic man. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool dude, man. Like, it was really easy to talk to him. And I was trying to get him to do the podcast there. I was like, here, look, I got mics. I got my recorder. Let's just go. And he's just like, um, I'm kind of like, you kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, let's just do it on Skype. Isaac, get your ass on here, man. Come <laughs> on, dude. If Alika could do it, you could do it. <laughs> uh, so, so you went out and you were playing reggae and we were gigging. Um, now, were you... Were you working like a job too? Like a oh yeah, nine to five? Okay. oh yeah. yeah, yeah. The whole time I the was whole. washing dishes and cooking at a nursing home. <laughs> oh right. It was right. and it took two months to get that job. It took two months. Yeah, so oh, it was shit. like it was like a grind in itself. Yeah, you know, it's so it's it's crazy. It's such a crazy thing to like leave your home 
and try to like break in just the workforce in another city. Yeah, even the workforce, yeah. let alone the music. Yeah, yeah, the music scene. I mean, shit, it took me seriously like like 8 years to really to really get um to really get my bearings in this. And, mm-hmm. and most a lot of that was because I was burning bridges because of my substance abuse, but uh still it took a it took it takes time and especially if you're not focused like me <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I realize i i like to take the long way home sometimes a lot of the time well it sounds like you learn from from your mistakes man i i try i try it's, it's important it's yeah i think so i think if you're just repeating the same thing over and over again you're right. just sort of right this, right you're in this infinite loop of failure <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, like the the snake that's eating its, yep. its tail. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Just love to eat myself. So good. It's so yummy. It's satisfying. It's like it's like fucking McDonald's. It's like mm, this is so good, but it's like. It's just, you're just eating yourself. <laughs> yeah, then you wake up in the morning and you're feel like, like shit. Yeah. So at least, at least In-N-Out has like some kind of <laughs> flavor. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, if I'm gonna eat fast food, I'm eating In-N-Out yeah, yeah, or yeah. burritos. I, I, that's the two things, man. I just sit, I just sit in Hawaii and bide my time. When I find out I'm doing a Cali trip, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna eat well and then I'm gonna fucking mop that fuck. Yeah. Mop that fucker. <laughs> Say it again. One more time. Mop that fucker. <laughs> anyway, so, so, uh, so in Seattle, you're finding your way through the music scene. Now, at that time, were you trying to go out and do the jazz gigs and meet up with the jazz guys? It took a couple months, and I found some guys that played really well and were patient with me. <laughs> and so, yeah, from from my first standard, man, they were there. Oh, that's fucking. And that's uh, Matt McCloskey and Max Arnold, and they then that was my first group. So my first jazz gig ever was September '09. Oh, you remember? And I moved in February '09. Oh, so good. it took so, a little while, but yeah, but it started happening. A few months, yeah. So you aggressively went and got it. aggressively. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the way you gotta do it, man. When you start late, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, you know, you started late, and yeah, you just dive in head first. Yeah, yeah. just go and just get it yeah yeah man that's uh that's 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 sweet uh so then so then what was the seattle music scene for you like out there i mean were you you worked the whole time a full-time job i did the whole time yeah so so you were never able to make that leap into like just professional musician right so what what did you uh what was some of your observations of the, the scene up there at that time like what was like popping off at the time um hip hop hip hop but on. that was uh there was a lot of guys it was a lot of people it so, was so it was kind of saturated it was very saturated <laughs> everyone had a had a rap name and a rap band and, so it's kind of hard cuz you know it's like okay there's a there's a hip hop gig and the, that Isaac used to do you know uh-huh. And there's five groups, and they all have at least five guys, <laughs> and only two are doing the work, and the other guys are looking cool. And it's like, okay, man, it's like, they all kind of sound relatively the same. I mean, maybe it's because I'm like a nerd, you know, and I, yeah, I'm yeah. into like classical and jazz and shit, but I'm like, this kind of all sounds the same, like nobody's really sticking out to me. And then, well, Isaac worked it. He worked his ass off at those gigs, and of course he stuck out. Yeah. Which, 
Yeah, he's fantastic lyricist. If you can stick out, it's cool, you know. But yeah, so hip hop was big, reggae was appreciated. Um, jazz is really good there, and that's kind of where I was at. And uh, f- funk and black music in general, everyone's cool with. It's kind of like how reggae is in Hawaii. Like, okay. black music is totally cool <laughs> in Seattle. Everyone will get down, and that kind of really made me appreciate groove stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and how just it's great. Every if you go to a bar and you hear groove stuff, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, like if you walk in the bar and immediately going like, oh shit, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, okay, I can dig this. Yeah, yeah, I I can appreciate that shit, man. That's like, if I'm gonna play at a neighborhood bar in Hawaii or um, just a regular old every every person bar, I'll try to do the groove thing because it just reminds me of how things ran in Seattle. <laughs> I try to avoid the reggae thing. But I, I still do it, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. But I, I, I want to try and sell groove and black music to, you know, my people in Hawaii. And Hell yeah, man! I, I have a neighborhood. Uh, Raina came to it. She sang at it. My bar in in the suburbs in Mililani, and it's kind of a weird place to have a weekly jazz gig. But a lot of people go to this bar, and I like playing for a mixed crowd instead of a jazz crowd. They really like it. They like the upright bass and the piano, yeah. and we pick repertoire that that works at a bar for a drinking crowd we're not going to play misty <laughs> we're not uh people have uh tried to sit in and i'm like no we're not going to play misty this is my gig i'm a bass player i'm used to saying yes do you know autumn leaves yeah autumn leaves are e flat yeah yeah and then they want to do it slow too yeah. at a bar where people are drinking yeah, yeah yeah just trying to like vibe out i'm i'm in search for the gig where i can play ballads and everyone's cool with it but I haven't really been to one, man. <laughs> right. Uh, they don't, even in New York, in the village, man, when stuff is happening, people rarely play ballads. Yeah. They're just kicking ass for an hour. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Just fucking rock that yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, so, so, Seattle, what, what made you, um, what made you go back to Hawaii from Seattle? I wanted to finish school and study classical guitar. Oh yeah, so um, the only way I could do that is to live back at home with Ma. Yeah, well, yeah, fucking any way possible, you know. So what was that? Two thousand twelve. Yes, early, early twenty twelve. So yeah. okay, so you spent about four years in Seattle. Three, yeah. three years. That's that's a good enough to get uh, a taste. Yeah, I yeah, think. and that's funny because at first it kind of felt like it was a long time, but I'm older now and I know three years isn't anything. Mm-hmm. yeah it was a taste but it didn't feel like a taste then but it definitely was just a taste five years should be like if you're gonna relocate i think five years is a magic number yeah where you can actually feel the groove of the the environment so i'm gonna try to do five years in new york yeah so by the way congratulations alika was just married oh thank you and, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's for that's this, uh, and um, she's uh, you guys kind of have this unique situation where she's uh, she's a flight attendant, but mm-hmm. she's home based in Queens. You said right? Yes. And so now it's the decision: Do I should you stay or should you go? Yeah, right. I know that. Yeah, it always comes back to that that <laughs> phrase, you know. But but you you guys made a decision. And you're gonna you're gonna throw the hat in the ring in New York. Yes. Woo. Yeah, I know. It's part of the whole seeking out people better than me. Hey, man, that's been going on for about ten years. If yeah. you, uh, if, if if there's any place on the in, on earth to do that, yeah. it's fucking New York City. 
Yeah. Like, have you had any uh, experience playing in Los Angeles at all? Did I? Yeah, I played one gig, but it was a Christmas show in Glendale. So oh, okay. I, I don't I don't know if that counts. In Los Angeles is, is great. Like, super full. I mean, obviously, there's, like, just top-level musicians. This is distracting. Get the fuck out of here. Um, I would love to see some top-level musicians in LA. And it's, like, it's such a... I mean, like, I've never been, like... I've never been, like, in it like that because... I, I'm. I've just never been in it like mm-hmm. that. So, but like from what I did see and from my experience of it, I mean, it's fucking pretty amazing. Like they got some shit going on up there. I mean, and it's obvious because it's Los Angeles. It's like it's almost like a redundantly obviously obvious thing to say. Los Angeles has good musicians. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. But you know what I also found is like there'll be people who are like really considered top tier players that I. Well, I mean, or have top tier gigs that I don't really consider top tier players mm, in my mm. in my opinion. Yeah, and I've noticed there's a lot of that, and and a lot of it has to do with just um, just style. Like they they look apart, and yeah. so they are yeah. that now. Or and they're so, good at making friends. Yeah, or they're good yeah, at making yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I kind of wish I practiced that a little bit. Oh my like, god! Turn on the metronome and try to practice making friends. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, and then you can bump up the metronomes to see how fast you can make friends, right? <laughs> my name is Aliga. Hi, 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 hi. What are you doing? What's up? Where's the gig? Give me money. Fuck you. Love you. Not you. Yes, you. Maybe you. Oh, all right. Right, right. And then by the end, it's exhausting. It's exhausting to try to make new friends. Yeah, yeah. Especially like friends who are like friends, but they're like more like coworkers, maybe, you know, like. The social aspect shouldn't be ignored. Because uh, some people don't want to believe it, but yeah, it's, you have yeah. to go out there and fucking meet people and like go to shows and like if you really want to yeah. get into shit, and that's where I lack. But I have a good excuse. I have a two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I, have to, I have to clean up piss and yeah. shit. So you know what? I can't come mm-hmm. to your show because my son shit on my floor. So yeah. my bad. I'll see you <laughs> next time. Yeah, he has green snot dripping out of his face. You know, next yep. time, baby. But I try. I really do, especially. I mean, since he's been born, since I've been getting more into it, I really do try to go out and experience, you know, other people's music and like see shows. And yeah. I, I don't get a lot to, I don't get out a lot enough, but I, I, I would like to get out more. And plus, plus when you're a giggy musician, you know, your buddies are playing or like a good band comes to town. It's like, well, I gotta go make money, son. So I'm yeah, not, yeah, that's I a drag. Yeah, I can't really check that out. Uh, but so in Hawaii, do you make it out to a lot of shows, or do you mostly just you're just more focused on your own playing? Yeah, I mean, we don't. For as much work as there is, we don't really have a scene. I mean, well, there's definitely a scene with like the Green and and Jay Borg and Ellie Mac. They they're they're cats, and they all like you know they all love each other and hang out. Yeah. But other than that, man, it's, I mean, there's a lot of work and not really a scene. That's interesting. I mean, because you're just you're mostly placating to we, a to a touristy yeah. transplant. Crowd. We're, we're literally working. Yeah. 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 The jazz guys all know each other. It's a it's a nice brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. There's a good brotherhood with the jazz guys. But when you think about all the touristy gigs, yeah, there's a lot of people out there playing. Yeah. And working, but we got a blue note in Waikiki now. Oh, tight! So I got to see John Schofield there. Oh, that's awesome! And hang out with Ben Street, the bass player, because his bass broke, and he—they called my luthier. 
So he, <laughs> oh, my shit. luthier called me. Oh, and I was shit. like, hey, I'm hanging out with Ben Street, man. You got to come over. I was like, yeah, I got to yeah, come over. I'm coming right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was hanging out with friends from the mainland, too. And I was like, hey, you know what, guys? I really, I got to do this. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to go hang out. I know with you're them. only here once every 10 yeah, years. Yeah. But uh, peace. Yeah. <laughs> But they, they understood. Of course. That, yeah, I mean, they're yeah. real friends. Yeah. They'll understand. You. I always have to be like, if they don't, of course they're not going to know who Ben Street is. I was like, it's like meeting Beyonce. <laughs> well, was he cool? Hell yeah, he was cool. Hell yeah, 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 he was yeah, the yeah, coolest yeah, yeah. guy ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said that so emphatically. It's like, <laughs> hell yeah, he was cool. He was very cool. He was cool. He he could read my mind, man. I would ask him questions, and he would like know the question behind the curtain I was actually asking. And instead of addressing my front question, he yeah. would go straight for the back question. I was like, "Damn, this guy can read my mind." Oh shit! Do you do you have like an example you can remember? Yeah, I was like Ben. I was like, when you were playing with John Schofield, you were kind of laying back a lot and just holding it down, and I was surprised because I know you can play out. And he goes, "Yeah, man. You know what, man? Because man, if they're gonna play some shit up front, then I can just back them up." Yeah. When people aren't playing shit, I'm going to play more. And my, my actual question was, there's older guys in jazz scenes that'll, in small jazz scenes that'll always tell the rhythm players how to play. Mm-hmm. And especially coming to bass, it's like, okay, I can walk quarter notes the whole tune or I can try to contribute a little bit yeah. and not just rhythmically, like do some shit. And some people like it, some people don't. and Some people won't tolerate it at all. Right. So he, you know, Ben was in a, in a small scene because he lived in Maine. Yeah. And he knew exactly what I was asking him, which is funny because <laughs> I was talking about him laying back and he said, I'll do it if the soloist is ripping. You know? Yeah. And he's like, fuck guys in a small scene who tell you how to play. You're naturally creative. So I was like, that was just beautiful. Wow, that was beautiful. Yeah. Like, I, I, I could I could, you could just feel it in your voice right there. It's just like, you know, fuck the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, do you, baby? Yeah. Do you? That's cool, man. That, those are great moments when you can, like, talk to somebody that you're very, um, that you're, you just admire a lot and they just fucking lay the knowledge. Yeah. For you. Like, total cats, too. Like, guys who are on some of my favorite recordings. In the jazz scene and in New York, you can meet these guys and try your best to be their peer. <laughs> right. Hey man, it, it, you're about to do that shit. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. How how what what's your uh how you feeling about that? Uh I am just I'm not thinking too much about it cuz if I think too much I might stay home and and, and work yeah. in Hawaii. You, so you get comfortable. Yeah, know? it's cool to make dough and play, man. It's awesome. Yeah, dude. I'm so yeah. grateful for it. Um and then you're going to leave? Yeah. So all I'm doing is not thinking about it and practicing my ass off. Because nice. there's no amount of prepared I can be. That is smart. Yeah. That's smart. It's like, don't even think about it. Just do. I mean, because it's not like you're, it's not like, you're, it's not like you're trading one scene for like a no scene, you know? Right. It's not like you're, right. it's not like you're moving from uh, beautiful paradise to like Ohio or anything. <laughs> I can't talk too much shit about Ohio because Columbus is awesome and Cleveland is cool, but it's Ohio. Anyway, yeah, so you're uh, so you're going to uh, so you're just gonna go head on, just like fuck it. Right, there's potential. Um, there's this tried and true method of being a new player in a city, 
and then you go hang out at the 4 a.m. jam sessions yeah. and try to make connections. So yeah. that's an old, old way of doing things, but it, you can still do it. Time so. tested, true. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend of mine, um, his name is Omar. Uh, he's, he was a guest on here. He was telling me that, you know, he's like, fucking, if you're in a city, get the local paper, the local, you know, you know music rag. Look in that motherfucker. You look, where, where's the jam sessions? And he's like, you better come in there correct. He's like, because if you're not going to come in there correct, you know, people are cool. You know, they're going to be nice to you and shit. You know, most people aren't going to be an asshole, but like, you know. You are you can already start digging your grave if you're not prepared. Exactly. Yeah. You got to get in there. Yeah. Like, better know your tunes, better know your shit. And fucking go in there and then start meeting people. And then, and he was talking about a networking skill because uh, Omar is a, Omar is a, pro bass player he's a fucking fantastic bass player he um he he tours with uh the original whalers um cool. and he does this band called they're they're a local band but they got a nice following uh b-side players and um just tons of people i mean like he's every i mean he's like every day of the week he's out fucking doing a jazz gig or a fucking reggae cool, gig just, cool. Yeah, awesome dude super humble dude nice guy it's a good episode if anybody wants to like know about fucking <laughs> about some shit omar fucking lays it down um go check out that episode is what i meant to say anyways um so that's your plan you're just gonna go fucking check it out check out the scene like just go and just try to sit in and do your thing and you yeah. said you're gonna go for bass yes upright bass so i um jim hall's old bass player Steve Lispina. Um, I took a lesson with him, and I'm going to take more lessons with him. And oh, okay. So, so I'm going to turn into some kind of studying opportunity, too. What, when's uh, when's your departure date? Um, October 18th. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah. So it's super soon. Yeah. So you're going to do some cram sessions with your boy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been, man. I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, accentuate the situation. I just, I, I just want to, because I... Like, for me, like, I'm comfortable now. Like, I'm just now starting to get comfortable. And I've only been doing this for, because, let's see, I got fired in February. <laughs> I got fired from my shitty job. And, and 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 then I just, like, was like, fuck it. It's time to fucking make money. So it's awesome. jumped yeah. in. Um, Craigslist. I got really lucky on Craigslist. and um, Yeah, I, I, have, I can thank Craigslist for a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Craigslist, I mean, for as much bullshit as you have to the way through sometimes you just find the right people and it's like and like when i went to go when i went to go for this one i was just trying out for this one band that was just starting mm -hmm. from that those players who were in that band there was three different projects who needed a keyboard player so like that band dissolved pretty quickly uh -huh. But from that band, I would just was like, just like, oh, let's go do this here. Yep. We're already a form band. We already got gigs booked. Come and just sit in. All right. This other band already got band. Just got to sit in. Just learn some material. Okay, cool. And then another band is just, you know, a couple one offers here and there. Some of the biggest things I, I did are linked to small, uh, seemingly insignificant things. Yeah. Yeah, you just... Yeah. Yeah, I remember sitting in the rehearsal like, man, this is not going to go anywhere. Like, these people, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, like it wasn't that the player, like, the little playing ability wasn't there. It's just like, you know, when shit don't gel, it don't gel. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, this is not going to work. And plus, they were paying for um, practice space. Yeah. 
And I was like, I'm not paying for practice space. Yeah. Like, I got, I got my own shit. If you guys want to come to my spot, fucking let's do it. But I'm not going to pay to drive 45 minutes mm-hmm. and then pay. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody was paying like $10 a piece. And and there was like eight people. In the, I don't know. It wasn't eight, but it was like a good amount. In any case, yeah. So, like, even just some insignificant thing that you think is insignificant is, like, leads to, like, yeah. some of the biggest shit you can imagine. Me sitting here right now is linked to a crisis ad Doing in Seattle. The, in Seattle? In Seattle. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, this is, you being in Cali right now is from Seattle it's, Connection? It, you, you know, if you trace it back, <laughs> it, it'll link to a crisis reply for an Exotica album. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That is awesome. And then so, uh, what was you, uh, you? Weren't you here also? Like you were here like a couple of years ago promoting an album, weren't you? Like uh, a, recording, recording, that's recording. Right. Yeah, that ever released? Yeah, oh, that yeah, did release. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last yeah. time you were here, you were like, yeah, it's out now. Yeah, we did the vinyl. We did it on vinyl and CD, and um, it's on Spotify. So I'm, I can look myself up on Spotify. Yeah, what's the name of it? Lays of Jazz Volume Two. And that's through, like, family. Isn't that through family? Right. My uncle did Lays of Jazz. Okay, that's right. And so our tribute is Lays of what, Jazz Volume Can you too. talk about your uncle? Like, yeah. what was his role? And, like, where? And he's from Hawaii, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, So, like, what? Do, and he has, like, a name there, doesn't he? Yeah. Kind of in that yeah. scene? Um, anyone hip to jazz in Hawaii usually knows who my uncle is. But he did a... Uh, this thing that happened, it's called Exotica Music. It's like Latin and jazz slowed down. It's cocktail music, but it it, it can be really cool. So uh, my uncle was, um, he's a legend in that, in that aspect. You can always look it up. You can look up Exotica Music and my uncle's name will show up. Martin Denny's will show up first, <laughs> but he, he shows up too. Now, um, is, is that album? What's that album called? The first one, Lays of Jazz. That's it's just called Lays of Jazz. Yeah, is yeah. that on Spotify? The first one. Yes. Yeah, okay. they're both on Spotify. Let's uh, let's cut to one of the one of those songs off of that album, and then let's listen to one off the last album. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're gonna listen to a song off of Lays of Jazz. Cool. By Arthur Lyman. Arthur Lyman yeah. here on eighty-eight point three.
And we're back. That was a good song. That was amazing. <laughs> I really liked how the bongo played. <laughs> Real smooth, baby. Is it bongo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <coughs> That's uh, Harold Chang. Harold Chang on the bongo, baby. That's right. Um, okay, so before we move on, let's listen to another song, and uh, and then we'll come back and dig into this. So um, this is off of Volume 2. They called it Volume 2? Laser Jazz Volume 2. Laser yeah. Jazz Volume 2. And this one is featuring our guest, Alika Lyman, here on 88.3. The, the River.
and we're back. Loved it. <laughs> now you're playing uh, bass on this. Guitar. You're playing guitar. Guitar, okay. yeah. We had a badass bass player from San Diego on that record. Oh, what's the name? Justin Grinnell. Justin Grinnell. Yeah, he's from San Diego. Okay. And uh, everyone in that on that record is from California. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I have a satellite band out here. So, oh, yeah. So it's really cool. Uh, and you guys, do you guys gig out a lot with that? Once setup? a year. Once a year. Once a year, we so, do a tiki convention. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. Uh, now, so your uncle. You said not Martin. What was your uh, uncle? Arthur, Arthur. Arthur Lyman. So your your uncle Arthur, he employed you to kind of come out here and record, correct? Oh, no. He passed away before I even started playing music. Oh, shit. So yeah. what? So I found his records just like everybody else. Okay, so this is your project. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then so what made you come to California to record it? Big demand and huge appreciation for that stuff is right here in Southern California. Wow. That's yeah. Cool. It's better than it's uh, bigger here than it is in Hawaii. Okay. Nobody listens to that stuff anymore in Hawaii. Okay. <laughs> but you know, the Mai Tai was invented here in California. All right. So, and all those tiki drinks have really nothing to do with Hawaii and have <laughs> everything to do with, with SoCal. Okay. Yeah. So, like that 50s vibe uh-huh, kind of thing, uh-huh. Mad Men, 50s, 60s era. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the troops came back from the, the Pacific Theater or the Western, Eastern Theater, the war, the Pacific Theater, blah, right, blah, right, blah. Right. And it reminded them of like being away in the jungle, but this time it was safe. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, you know, it, so it's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. It's escapism. Ah, I see, I see. Okay. Well, maybe not even for the troops, but for like uh, nuclear families in the 50s who, you know, dad worked, mom stayed at home. Yeah. They make dinner. You're in somewhere USA. Yeah. And instead of having to go to Bora Bora, you can just play this record. <laughs> right, yeah, right. yeah. It's kind of a, it's an interesting thing. For someone from a Pacific island, it's hard for me to associate with that, but I can see it. Yeah, I've been to somewhere USA. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I would be thinking about all kinds of weird stuff if I lived in the middle of the continental US. It's like, yeah. what's out there, dude? It gets weird. Yeah, yeah. It gets, it, I, I can only imagine. It gets real weird, baby. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um, I don't like to consider myself from the Midwest. I like to consider myself from the Great Lakes region. <laughs> Because we're not like Middle West, we're like super northern and like super industrial, you know. Like Detroit's like like thirty five minutes for me. Oh, okay. Cleveland's like fucking an hour and a half. Like Chicago's like a three and a half hour drive. Yeah, yeah. you know, like like this is all like off the Great Lakes, which had lots of industrial shit going on. And it was the shit back yeah. in the day, right? And then some gangster shit, like some gangster shit was going down, like back in the, like the twenties and shit, like. Actually, Toledo had like a poppin' ass jazz scene back in the twenties because of that gangster shit. Because you know, jazz and booze mm-hmm. and gangsters all interwo- interwoven. So Toledo had like a scene. I remember seeing old pictures from like the twenties and thirties where there's like mobs of people like downtown, like just huh. walking around. Now you go downtown and you just see like a bird pooping in the middle of the street. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, empty stores. <laughs> and empty stores, but it's coming back. There's like, um. I don't know. I feel like ever since the recession, there's just been this resurgence of like that, like, um, I don't know, like handmade, you know, um, what do they call that? Um, 
I don't know, fucking just like that handmade, that like just old school way of doing things of business, and like so, like you got a lot of these record, like record stores are coming back. I mean, vinyl's amazing. Yeah. Um, and you got you got um, you know, just bars doing different things, and mm. so so the scene downtown is coming back, but it's like you know, it's a, still a smaller city, so it's still struggling to do its thing. But uh, you know, whatever. Last time I was there and like was hanging out, there was like this cool little art house where everybody just hung out. Mm. Like all the like local scenesters of Toledo hung out, and um, I, I really dug it. I really liked the vibe that was going on. So, do people in Toledo rep Toledo hard? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Especially what side of Toledo they're from. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So gross. <laughs> West End, you know, like uh, South Side. Like, so funny. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. We always try to find a way to divide ourselves. We right? did. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll put up a fence if there isn't one. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like if everybody had the same skin color, we'd yeah. be like, you got green eyes. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Get your green yeah. eyes off my yeah. property. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. That's some like tribal shit, though, you know? It's yeah. like, this is our land. You get the fuck it's away. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It is weird, and it's just like it's inherent, like yeah. in our DNA. It seems it's like violence and and that tribalist, tribalistic mentality is just sort of like inherent in our DNA. And, right. And now it's playing out in this like huge, large world scale, where like or or small town scale or small town scale. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll still manage to. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Build borders. <laughs> I swear to God, I was at this party once. It's shitty East Side party. If anybody in Toledo knows East Side parties, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> East Side. I always like equate East Side. Do you know what it's a clown posse is? Yeah. I like yep. to equate the East Side as like an entire like region of a city that are all. ICP fans. Wow. Just like juggalos running around. Holy uh, shit. That's how I like to equate it. Just like this trashy, fago drinking, sticky, like weird, semi-violent, and uh, <laughs> always posturing, just and, and like kind of rednecky, trashy shit going on. And I'm sorry, Eastside. You know, that's where I come from is uh, Eastside, Toledo. So, I know this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Toledo, I, I still have love for you. Just, I like San Diego better. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like where I live. Um, that's good. But in any case. You gotta leave sometimes, man. You do. You have to figure it out. I mean, and like, like, have you ever, like, because you've been, you left and you've come back, have you seen like people who have kind of grown into this like old way of thinking and just hold on to that and just sort yeah. of like live their life? My small town is is the world for some people. Yeah, yeah, and they just sort of like that's. I still go back to Toledo. People are still like, yeah. like "Are you fucking? Are we in high school still?" Are like they know things about the world from TV. Yeah, I was like, no. <laughs> no, no, dude, no, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah that's as i i face that a lot when i go back but i usually when i go back i'm not really hanging out with that kind of 
that kind of crowd. Right, like you got your people. I got I got friends and I got family mostly now that I just go and I just seclude myself. I try not to announce that I'm there. And if I do, yeah. it's like I have your number. I'll call. Yeah, you. yeah. You, it's really hard to budget time when you're visiting. You know, you, you want to see everybody. But you do, but then like, you know, and then, then I just want to sort of sit there and just stare at a TV and just say, "Fuck it," you know. Because you're still like on vacation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want the vacation aspect. You don't want to work too hard. <laughs> Yet to hang with all your people, you end up working too hard. It's and it's so weird. It's so weird that that like I call going home a vacation for us. Because it is, it is a vacation from like our lives here, but mm-hmm. it's, but it's still like this place that I, I really don't like. After about a week, I'm like, I'm ready to fucking go. Yeah. Okay, it's yeah. time to get the fuck out of here. I don't need to be here any longer. But you know, it's like fuck. And now with the baby, it's like it's weird because like mm-hmm. everybody wants to see the baby. My mom is just you know it breaks her heart that she's so far from the baby. And, so, you know, it's nice to go back and show them off and stuff, but really I just want to hang out with my just my little, you know, my nuclear family and fucking just did I say nuclear? Yeah. Is that right? It's is that how you say it? It's not nuclear bomb, it's N- nuclear. Nuclear. But I mean, I I don't know. It's pretty much tomato tomato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It, it's weird when you go back to that like small town mentality, and you're just sort of like fucking like, wow, man, you're still yeah doing that. I'm grateful I left. Man. Yeah, but um, and I love coming back to the mainland, or I love traveling. It makes me feel alive. It does, man. Yeah. I you know like I was just talking on a podcast a couple nights ago. Wow, like traveling puts you in places where you can see people in their natural habitat. So like and and this was related to race. We were talking about race. There was like like four black dudes and I was asking him if I was racist and it got weird. But you know, whatever. <laughs> it was good. It was good for me because like um, you know, just just maybe being ignorant in certain aspects of culture, you know, you can be offensive to people, uh-huh. and, and you know it happens all the time. I mean, look at what look at where we're living. I mean, look at Trump, mm-hmm. fucking that mm-hmm. joke. Uh, but we're talking about just traveling in the aspect of race and seeing people in their different cultures and giving you a perspective of no, you know, like because you because you can build this bubble where you're at. Yep. Like, I mean, even in San Diego, like where there's it's very multicultural here. It's very just. Every walks of life around here, but in OB, it's primarily this little white haven, you mm, know. And mm. like, there might be like five black people that you can that are visibly there, you know, yeah, like, yeah. which is a weird thing to say, but it's very true because it's a primarily white part. So you get locked in this bubble, and you just sort of like OB makes it convenient to where I don't have to go anywhere if I don't have to because huh. I can walk to the grocery store, go to the post office for whatever reason, I can go get. Prince May, whatever I need to do is all located in this little community. And you can just sort of live in this bubble and not uh, not uh, experience the rest of the city. And it can kind of be a culture shock. I mean, luckily, like, my wife is from fucking the hood. So, like, I spend a lot of time around. And I love going to the hood and eating food there because it's, like, that's some shit right yeah. there. That's, yeah. that's the ish, you know? Like, you're going to go, you're going to get some fried catfish. I mean, oh, you're gonna yeah, get the man. shit. You're gonna yeah. get the shit. You might have to travel to past the four, the four points of or five points of death. I think that's what they call it. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to change it. The four points of death. 
but you're gonna get some bomb ass food and and like really cool people to hang out with yep. and do shit. So, but yeah, traveling, traveling is like so crucial. I think yeah. to to growing a person's brain. Yeah, and you know, w- yeah, if you get to leave your hometown, you definitely become someone else, and you're probably gonna like who you became. So everybody, leave your hometown. Yeah, just I mean, just for five years. Yeah, give it five years. Yeah. If you don't like it, fuck it. You know, it, it's five years. Um, I had a friend come out for, she just came out, I mean, she was my, I made a, she was my friend after she came out, but she, you know, she was like 33, she's from Iowa, she was like, oh, I don't know anybody, mm. and like, I mean, I, she I, she felt like she was too old to be trying to like make Yeah, 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 that that can be rough, I think. I think so too, I mean, when you're in your 20s, it's like, who gives a fuck, woo! Uh-huh, you know, like, uh-huh. I came out here at 23. I was like, "Fuck it, bitches!" You mm-hmm. know, like I'm gonna fucking live the beach life and drink during the day. Especially coming <laughs> from um, the middle of the U.S. Yes, right? yes, yes. The that can be amazing. It was, yeah. and like it still is to me. Honestly, every time I drive anywhere near the coast, I'm just like, "This is incredible." Uh huh. This is fucking amazing. Like, look at what I get to look at every time I drive. I mean, I might be stuck in traffic, but the ocean's right there, and there's this beautiful rock formation right. and sandstone just glistening in the sunlight, the pink and yellow sunlight, you know? So, And you're so close to L.A., too. Like, there's, well, there's, but there's, it's cool to be next to something that big, you Yes, know? it is. I, I, I dig. I, I can dig it. And I've had some good times in L.A., you know, just I, with I, music and stuff. But I prefer New York only because it's not as spread out. I feel you. There, it shit is everywhere, and it's all right next to each other. Yeah, and like public transportation isn't like a pain in the ass. It's amazing. Yeah, you like. I mean, I know it's gotten expensive there, but like, it's better than yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna drive. It. LA is so spread out. It's uh, like you have to have a car, and you're gonna drive. It. You're gonna drive. You have to, and and you're, and you're just traffic. Five miles is fucking forty five minute drive. It would be cool if you could round up all the cool shit about L.A. in a small strip of land just like Manhattan, you know, and it's like, cool, man. I'll <laughs> hang out in L.A., no problem. All the cool shit is right next to each other. Yeah, L.A. is definitely a clusterfuck of people. I mean, like, they're looking at, what was it, like 20 million people, like, you know, not really yeah. including undocumented people, you know, the Mexicans or the South Americans or whoever the fuck makes it in, you know, it's like this right. huge metropolis that and there's a huge amount of single family homes, too, which I think is what makes it way more spread out. Right. Yeah. Instead yeah. of apartment buildings, it's like so many single homes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Like, Damn. There's some cool real estate out there, man. You fucking have you ever driven through like Beverly Hills or anything? No. Or like. Uh, no, I haven't. Just those like really gated communities. It's like it's crazy. Like you just. And like the roads are real narrow, and you're just like, what the fuck? And like these castles, like in the middle of this urban fucking landscape, but still, but still like on mountains and shit, you know? <laughs> like shit, man. it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's nuts. Um, well, I mean, I mean, we covered a lot here. Is there anything you want to fucking, is there any like new other music you want to, we should jam out to? You got anything else that we could, uh, uh throw on here? what am I listening to right now? Uh, yeah. What's a good, what's a, you know what? I got a couple of rapid fire questions for yeah, you yeah. then. Uh, what are some like, um, uh, bad habits or weaknesses in your playing that you've been working on currently, or maybe something that you've overcame um in the you know yeah past cool um with bass 
bass players always get handed written figures to play. Okay. Guitar players, a lot of people understand that they have trouble reading, and even if, you know if they don't know the guitar player by default, they're gonna make the charts easy to read. Mm-hmm. But bass players are expected to read, and what's funny is the funkier the bass line the more fucked up it's going to look right, on right. a sheet of music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's all 16-note yep. subdivisions. Yep. So you'd be surprised because it's something you could feel really quickly if you just heard it and played it. Right, right, right. But if you're just reading it cold, <laughs> it looks like shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm working on reading my 16-note subdivisions. Um, okay. And then, you know, you ask a drummer for help with shit like that, and they'll set you up, which is great. You know, you should yeah. know who to ask for certain things. Like for lines, you ask horn players. For rhythms, you ask drummers. Don't ask your own instrument. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Find the guys that do that all the time. Why wouldn't you ask your own instrument? Um, Your own instrument, I don't know. That's mainly, I'm saying that from a perspective of find the instrument that does that thing you're trying to that. do more than you do. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not always playing, f- uh, I'm not always reading weird rhythms, but drummers are. Yeah, yeah, and plus like... When you're at a gig and you are the bass player, what other bass player are you gonna be like? Hey, what that is too. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe that's a that's a reason why. But no, what you're saying makes sense because the drum is going to be because the bass and drums are usually interlocked pretty closely. Right. As a foundation of, you know, modern music like that. But if you if you take from other instruments, it'll make you unique just by design. You know, someone just told me um, this fucking. We just had Adrian. Um, Adrian. Adrian Terrazas Gonzalez. <laughs> I practice. <laughs> uh, he he's this phenomenal fucking two-time Grammy winner. Fucking, uh, do you know what Mars Volta is? Of course. He was the saxophone player in. Oh Mars great! Volta. He fucking he travels from San Diego and L.A. and just does his thing, man. Dude, badass dude. Just that was the. That was the last episode. No, no, the last episode. I just dropped Rasar Amani from the league, but it was the one before that. It was a very proud moment in the show for me because, like, Mars Volta is, like, the shit for me. But, uh-huh. But he laid down some awesome knowledge along those lines of you, um, he'll, when he goes to practice, like, just, like, practicing running scales or practicing, he'll go and ask, you know, his friends who play, I don't know, like, the guitar. Mm-hmm. And then he'll ask his friend who play, like, maybe the trumpet or, like, the bass. And he'll he'll run those lines just to just so he can sort of like get in the mindset of learning other ways yeah it'll shake shit up yeah yeah and he's like that's he said that was like a huge part of like his his growth right now is just sort of like reaching out to his other friends and like having them give them practice sheets of what they go through Mm -hmm. so like that's that's cool that's a common thing so so go out there and fucking change it up a little yeah shake it up baby go ask the go ask the um the didgeridoo guy (laughs) (laughs) go ask him to play a scale (laughs) no 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 no. (laughs) 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 didgeridoo guy but the the in the band i play at this gangsters project uh the hand percussionist he he uh blows glass and he made himself a glass didgeridoo. It, what? Yeah, it sounds pretty good, but you know, there's nothing like the fucking wood and like the original shit when you can. I mean, it's not gonna resonate the same. Um, how, right. how's the time looking? Time's cool. I'm just making sure my my guy, my friend, didn't hit me up. Oh, right on. 
We'll wrap up here soon. We could probably go all but day, so, but these so, things. We could. <laughs> but some other weaknesses uh, with the bass is uh, there's no frets on it. Yeah. So intonation. Intonation. Yeah. You were, you, that's something you're working on. Yeah, playing to... a true C when you want to play C. When, <clears throat> when you're doing that, do you tend to slide in your notes? No, no, no. no never. That is how people start. Mm-hmm. And then that ends up being part of your technique. Ah. And, and then can you can't get away from it. And that's a yeah. bad habit. So I will I will slide into my notes. Right. But avoiding it is, is yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah. you want it to the same aspect of like hitting an electric bass. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what you want. Yeah. yeah, you want it to be on point. You're welcome to slide into it for stylistic mm. purposes, but if you Not start doing time. that pew, 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 pew. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just oh man, muddy mess. Yeah, and I'm playing um a lot of guys' solos right now, just trying to get some vocabulary. Awesome. With with your reading, uh, you're mostly self taught, right? Yeah. Or all all self taught, self taught. Yeah, I've had I've had some teachers, but when it comes to reading, that was me. Yeah, that was me. The fire, yeah, fucking burning. See, I just don't have that fire. Like, <laughs> I just. Oh man, it's stupid. It's like here's a pile of rocks, <laughs> and then today you're gonna move that pile of rocks here yeah. to this, and then tomorrow you're gonna move that pile of rocks back to the old spot, and you right. do that, right? Just over you're and just over. moving a pile of rocks. The um, uh, so are you to that point where you could like look at like, I don't know, like Charlie Bird sheets and like follow it at at tempo and shit not at tempo okay no but that's what i do at home i have uh charlie parker's a book of charlie Ch- parker's charlie solos. bird charlie parker charlie it, it's it? charlie bird is fine yeah. oh wait charlie, charlie bird, bird is, is a guitar player, guitar player. Yeah, is yeah. that who you're talking about no you're I was talking, talking about, about charlie parker you yeah. knew who i was talking about but yeah charlie bird is a guitar player yeah i had a feeling you were talking about charlie parker yes thank you for stepping in there <laughs> but uh, i have a book of his written solos for bass clef, so I can just read it straight on the bass. Oh, that's titties. Yeah, but Damn, to play cool. it to play it at tempo is something else. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I was referring to Charlie Parker because he's sort of like the he rips. Yeah, that's just like his thing. But to take a lick, put it under the microscope, see what he was doing, and then apply it to your own playing. Yeah, that's what jazz is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not reading it though. I'm supposed to be doing the work by ear. But, <laughs> but that's fine. Like, I mean. I- I think we all find our own paths on this yeah. trip, you know? Yes. Like that Adrian guy, fucking, he's all self-taught, uh, reading and all that. And then he got to a certain point where he got like a mentor. And, um, you know, he fucking, he plays with such a, he's from Chihuahua, Mexico. And he plays with this like fucking fiery fucking Latin passion, you know? And like, he's, a very, yeah. he's a very passionate dude. Like he fucking, like he's just like, He's very emphatic, and he's very like. I was like, "Sorry, that question was dumb." He was like, "Yes, yes, it was. It, it was very dumb." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he's very like right open with you. You know, like very, <laughs> I was like, "That was a broad." He was like very broad. Uh, no, uh, uh, I was like, "Do you want to talk about that?" Uh, no, no, I don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but that's great. You know, like he's a very, he's a very. Uh, He's a great player. He's fucking. He has a fiery thing, and and uh, it was kind of another time we were talking about. It was like these people who are kind of come from this like self-taught, this place where you had to reach from within mm-hmm. to like fucking get this out of you. Mm-hmm. Tend to be players who are more a little have their own voice almost, you know, mm-hmm. rather than someone who is like 
grew up, you know, fucking yeah, yeah. little Asian boy. Fucking, I've been playing since four years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. Tiger Lily mom. Fucking, you know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm zeroing out the Asians just because there tends to be a lot of like badass Asian classical players. Nothing, I'm not trying to be racist. I don't know how that could be racist to say that Asians are good at music, but you could be. <laughs> well, someone could twist it. Yeah, someone it's is like, twisting what are they? It right what now. are Asians just for yeah. sale? Like a piece of meat on yeah. the music market? Why? Why buy a calculator when you can just have an Asian? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, and they just—it sort of tends to cultivate this their own voice, like this unique voice that really shines out. So yeah, it's cool. It's a cool idea that being self-taught can. It is. There are there are some speed bumps along the way that are annoying. Though. Hell yeah. But I don't know. You know, when I meet someone who came from the same place I did, I'm really willing to help them smooth shit out. Yeah. Because when you come from that spot, there are things. Everyone has speed bumps and and hang-ups. Yeah. You just miss shit along the way, you know? Yeah, for sure. But people, a lot of people understand just by hearing you where you come from sometimes, and they're happy to help. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be happy to listen. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I am, but like some people don't want to hear it. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's so like. Yeah, it's like, hey, too. you're you're more my brother than you think. Let me let me show you this. this. Is like, check it out, homie. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm yeah. gonna help you out yeah. here. <laughs> Fuck that, I'm the shit. Yeah. Whatever. O- Ote. <laughs> Ego is a fucking <laughs> hell of a drug. Oh yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> that yeah. shit will get right in the way of everything. Just talking to this drummer about how when people bring up your your accomplishments and you act nonchalant it's kind of weird and maybe people might take it as you being egotistical that way because yeah. they want you to boast about it yeah but we're we're both agreeing that like if we're we act nonchalant about our our accomplishments it's just to keep ourselves sane man because yeah. you can blow shit you can blow anything up yeah totally. and it'll fuck with you for real yeah, and like yeah. i've had moments like that you know in my 20s drinking uh-huh, and uh-huh. like playing a good show uh-huh. and like fucking people coming up to you and you know whatever like, i'm the shit and i'm drunk and sloppy and fucking asshole yeah so <laughs> if, if i if i don't think if i don't think too highly about anything i do it'll keep me in the right yeah track. my expectations of like what's su- not like what success is but my expectations of like how success comes and stuff like that are it's not like they're low, like I have low expectations of what success is. It's just I don't expect I don't expect anyone to give a fuck about anything I do. And mm. I like that aspect. And It's great. And I like staying there. And then when it does happen, it's like a really big surprise. It's like, oh, wow, cool. People like are listening. That's, that's awesome. A good, that's a good place to be coming from. And man. like, But then it can get to that point where you're almost like self-deprecating. Yeah. Like, well, it's, like, it's like, well, I, they... I don't expect anyone to give a fuck because I'm a piece of shit and I suck. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) and like, I do, I do hold that. Like I do hold that because I do hold myself in like very low regards as a player. Um, but I do think I'm a really good writer. I think my writing skills are awesome. Like my fucking mixing mastering skills are awesome. Like being able to put together a song are fucking awesome. But like, I like just me playing out or I, I don't hold myself in the highest regards. Other people do. Thank you. I appreciate that. But it's like, I don't know. I just judge myself really hard. So I'm working on trying to be like, well, you're not a terrible player. You're like, you're like a, maybe a 
high level mediocre player. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> and like I'm okay with that because I'm not making any effort to change that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's where I sit. And um, I'm trying not to be like, "Well, you suck," you know, because there's a fine line between like ex- realizing your limitations and just saying, "Right, you suck." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so like, I come from a place where. I, very self-deprecating, and so like I'm trying to change this Gu- outlook. Guitar will do that too. Dude, guitar yeah. is such guitar a players cunt, hate dude. themselves, <laughs> and it, it's a cut too. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is, dude. The guitar is a cut, but I love it. Like um, with like instruments, since you you're multi instrumentalist, um, do you find that you'll be drawn to a certain instrument just? For like a few months and then back to another one or yeah or and like where you'll be like oh i'm really interested in learning and you know whatever on the mm-hmm. guitar and then all of a sudden you sort of the guitars or it goes in the background yeah it's not that freeing when you have to prepare for gigs no it's not. so most of my work is on bass so i'm on bass yeah. and then when guitar gigs come up i would shed for a day or two just yeah. to get up to snuff for sure. Um, like this gig that I did last night in San Diego, I practiced for a couple of weeks for, but I gotta pay attention to what I'm getting hired for. You know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Playing guitar is so fun, and I was almost the guitar player I always wanted to be, and then I started playing bass. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, but yeah, going back and forth, yeah. But uh, it does. I I don't think it impairs you, depending on what your um, what your ambitions are. Because I've definitely seen someone go from piano, rip it, like fucking mm-hmm. amazing jazz, fucking funk R&B. Go to the drums, rip it, fucking amazing mm-hmm. jazz, drums, R&B. Go to the bass, rip it, just fucking just burn it. And you know what? It it's mostly black dudes who grew up in the church. Yeah. It's like, those motherfuckers got the advantage. Yeah. It's like, it's not fair. Yeah. It's like, you, you man. But. You know, it just depends on your ambitions, how you were raised, and like multi instrumentalists can be handicapped. But I mean, if you're like super ambitious and you're like, or you were inundated from birth mm-hmm. with it, like, you know, it's possible. I mean, Prince was amazing in like almost everything he did, you know? Right. So, and yeah, and that whole the church thing. Um, I play with a bass player in, back home that, that was raised in the church, and yeah, they have great feel. <laughs> Um, well, those fucking chord changes. Have you ever tried playing with like the, a Baptist band, a Baptist church? I band? want to. I, I, Dude, uh, the, the changes are hip. The, it's school, they're so baby. good. It's school. Yeah, it's like you, you are literally taking the church. <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't. I would love to play in, in one of those groups. I think that stuff is so hip. It um it definitely turned my ear upside down. Yeah, and like and luckily when I got to play with it, it was guitar. And luckily, the guy who was like a pretty good friend of mine who was super patient with me, and he didn't really know because, like, a lot of times, what happens is that they don't really know the theory; they just know what they do, or they, they can't they read either. Yeah, yeah, which can't is read, severely, severely, they're missing out, and they should be. When which, you have great feel, you know, you should yeah. be out there doing getting yeah. gigs. Well, and my buddy, who this guy Philip J. He he fucking he he actually went back and taught himself fucking how to read because he was right. like I'm so he didn't know shit and he's a fantastic drummer fantastic bass player now fantastic fucking piano B three fucking genius like just 
with the foot and the fucking the switches and the Leslie and the fucking pull bars mm-hmm. and everything. He's mm-hmm. just, that in itself to me is a show. You know, like when you watch a B3 player who is a real player. Um, fucking, have you ever seen like Medeski Martin and Wood? Yeah, play? of course. Like, of course. Yeah. Motherfucker just hits that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So being a multi instrumentalist can hinder some aspects of playing. I, I think. Uh-huh. But you know. Uh-huh. Uh, the upside is, if you learn like like in my case, piano, guitar, and bass, mm. you got a pretty good idea of how shit works. Yeah, you and know? and I, I I attribute that to my writing skills because yeah. like I can. Because I hear uh-huh. everything where it's supposed to go and yep. how it's approached, and like uh, when you listen to music, uh, like like a I don't know, like maybe a top forties pop song. Do you listen? Do the lyrics resonate first, or do the, is the background music resonate first? No, it's the music. I'm yeah. I'm no good with lyrics. Me neither. Yeah, same yeah. thing here. Like. Raina thinks that's weird, and she doesn't think it's common. But I think it's pretty common, especially for musicians. Yeah, yeah, and guitar players because we're drawn to like licks. And yeah, yeah, you're... yeah, yeah. We like licks. Yeah, the lyrics are like so far yeah. in the back of anything. I know. And I, I already feel bad talking about this because I know there's singers out there who think that we're weird right now. <laughs> Which is like, you know what? What do you? You? I mean, I'm sure you're aware of the the. The dissonance between like um, an instrumentalist and a vocalist, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like how there's always just like that prejudice, like fuck, it's like oh, you're just a vocalist, but yeah, yeah, that that should be avoided. It should be because yeah, but, because you know what, most people are paying attention to the vocalists. Well, the vocalists have trouble articulating sometimes what they want. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah. Which which you know with, they'll just keep saying no till they hear yeah, something yeah, yeah. They, they like. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's probably where a lot of it yeah. comes from. It's like, well, you don't. If you can't explain to me what you want, then you're sort of just like uh, you're just the front piece, you know. There's a story I really like. I can't uh, confirm its validity, but <laughs> this old piano player told me that musicians uh, musicians unions didn't start letting singers in till about thirty years ago, what? which is funny when you think about it, because musicians union is there to protect us, the players, right. from people hiring us. Yeah. So it it if it's true, it makes perfect sense <laughs> that they are they are clients. Yeah, and um, not not to jab at them at all, but maybe not musicians. They're not players. Uh-huh. They can be artists right. and they're singers. They are like an instrument, but at the end of the day, the singer's hiring the cats. Right. So when he told me that, I never thought about it. I thought everyone was invited to musicians' unions. But right. Right. We need to be protected. For sure. From people hiring us. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, most of the time the singers are the ones who are hiring yeah. us. I try my best to, to like, I used to I used to have uh, pretenses like that with singers. Try being married to one. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> you, you're yeah. like, it's, which I was going to say is, like, being married to a vocalist, just someone who is super versed in theory, can talk the talk. And, um, you know, can read. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll be like, oh, let me get, let me, she'll go scribe. She'll be like, let me get the sheet music. And yeah. she'll be like, oh, and because she knows her intervals. And as long as she has that bass, you know, she, she'll have her piano and be like, ding, okay, cool. <coughs> and then she knows how to read a fucking song. So, to me. She's a great vocalist. She's a great vocalist, very versed. I yeah. mean, way more versed with music than I am. And, like, she's fucking, she's awesome. 
but you don't come across that a whole lot. No, and I love a vocalist that can act like one of the cats and yeah. that can hang like one of the cats. For and sure. If like it, if talk it, about it. And, I mean, I mean yeah. still, we still have a barrier, you know, like, especially when it comes to like, no, I need you to do this. No, uh-huh. no, dude, I don't know. Go beep, beep, beep. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't know right. what you're talking about. I know, that's a classic story. Right, right. right. But in a setting where like, there's sheet music involved, there's charts involved, they hand her a chart, like, okay, cool, can you just give me the C or whatever? Mm-hmm. And then she can be like, okay, cool, okay, let's do this. And, like, you know, just look at it and be able to sort of, like, go off-site and just do that. To me, that's amazing, especially as a vocalist. Sight singing is amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Like, dude, my, my ear is not that great, but, like, to be able to, like, just because interval training, yeah. what she does with interval training on her own time, she is able to just see that and just go. And, just fucking and when you meet a when you meet a vocalist who has put in the same amount of work as an instrumentalist, mm-hmm. you got my respect for sure. Yeah, and then you know you didn't just sing in the shower and decide you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, decide yeah. that you need a backing band. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because we need a leader. Yeah, and whether it's the singer or not, that needs to be decided. Yes, for sure. Yeah, because that's so important. Yeah, yeah. We, some kind of musical director or the singer. Uh, I worked with this one um, awesome lady, uh, Wakane. She's a reggae artist. She's from um, she's from Hawaii. She's uh, but she's like mostly Japanese and Portuguese, and like hmm. can speak Japanese and Portuguese. Oh, and Spanish. Wow. wow. And, like, super smart, super fit girl lady uh i totally respect her so much because she comes in with like here's a clear idea of what i want and she can't always talk like the talk um but she plays the ook and she's able to be like oh it's a c and a d okay cool yeah it's a c d d d so she's a when she writes she writes on ook so she's able to translate that to you i mean there's like certain like she can't she can't tell you what the exact notes are that in the melody but that's okay because mm-hmm. she's like here's the music Here's like what I expect of you, and blah blah blah. And then there's sometimes I'll work for some people who are just like, just, just do it, make it yeah. better. And yeah, yeah. But like, I I respect I respect her so much because I I do do a lot of backing for different artists, mm-hmm. especially in the reggae community around mm-hmm. town. Um, I do do a lot of backing. So like, when when you run into a case where it's like, fuck, dude, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, mm-hmm. like, but you're not happy, you know? I mean, it comes back to just you, what you said, is like, they just say no until yeah, something until, happens. Until it's good. Like, oh, yeah, that one. That, yeah. uh, that. It's like, okay, that was the thing you said no to yeah. 50 <laughs> passes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, is there any... Um, is there any albums that you've uh, suggested anybody lately or that you've been really digging on lately? I've been digging on a trumpet player named Blue Mitchell. He has an album called Blues Moods. It's beautiful. He's a great trumpet player, real lyrical. Um, and then he has an album with Chick Corea called The Thing to Do. Blue Mitchell. It's a Blue Mitchell record, but Chick Corea's on it. The thing to do. Um, what else? You know what? I can look at my recent plays on Spotify. <laughs> Spotify, yeah, amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I I got it to control myself. Yeah. To not buy too many CDs. <laughs> you told me last night. Yeah. It's like, it's like I just gotta, I gotta keep it under control, or else, hundred dollars later. Yep. There goes my rent for the month. <laughs> I learned about uh, Bobby Hutcherson just passed away this week, mm-hmm. the vibraphonist, and. 
I learned about a bass player that's from L.A. His name is... Uh, what the hell is it? His name is Albert Stinson. Okay, He died at 24 of an overdose, and he played in the um, the Southern California area. And I learned about him from um, a friend's dad who knew the West Coast scene really well. So Albert Stinson played with Chico Hamilton, who's another West Coast cat. And then he ended up on this Bobby Hutchison album called Oblique. So I've been listening to that. I've been trying to find Albert Stinson stuff, but he died so young and so under the radar that it's hard to find. But there's an what, album. Is called, there a song off of Oblique that? Sure, really like? sure, yeah. Uh, My Joy. I'm gonna play that. Let's listen to My Joy because I I never done that before. I've never had someone come in and be like, oh, I really like dig this and then play it. So let's listen to My Joy. This is by Bobby Hutchison. Yeah. And it's off the album Oblique, which I spelled Oblique, O B L L E K. And the bass player Albert Stinson. Albert Stinson. Who is from the West Coast and died at 24 of a drug overdose. Rock and roll. Listen. Rock and roll. <laughs> let's listen in.
and we're back. So we're going to wrap this up. Alika, thank you so much for coming down here. Hey, I know you, you just woke up like an hour ago. So <laughs> it was very nice of you to come down and uh, shoot the shit. It was a great conversation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, do you got any other uh, music that's out there? Like, What else you got that's available for people? To get? My Bandcamp has some stuff that's a little more personal. So that's uh, Alika Lyman Group at Bandcamp.com. Or no, that that's an email. But you know, alikaalignmentgroup.bandcamp.com. You can just Google me. Um, How do you spell I, your last name? L Y. Just spell your whole name. A L I K A L Y M A N. L Y. Spell it with an I. So I have a funk. I have a funk record on my Bandcamp and a and a jazz and a jazz quartet kind of deal. Ooh, let's play a funk song off that. Yeah. Okay. Um, What's the song? Okay, it's live. So I mean, and it was done a little while ago. But is it uh, live? I mean, is it, it a good was, recording? It, it was done live. Um, oh, is it done live? It was done live. It's it's an all right recording. Yeah, I mean, the it, tune is cool. It's, is there something specific that you'd rather play? No, I mean, that record's fun, you know? Let me, I want, I want yeah, funk. What's the song? Yeah, so it's called New Jack. Like, like, like new N-E-U? N-E-U Jack, and uh, like uh, like the ECW wrestler. Okay. <laughs> not, not New Jack Swing. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. okay, sweet. <laughs> the ECW wrestling. <laughs> Tight.
And then so so on your Bandcamp, there's some like stuff that you've written. Yes, I'll put that in the liner yeah. notes as well, so everyone can just click on that and go right to his Bandcamp. And but the uh, yeah. the Laser Jazz Volume Two has some just generally nice music. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, where can people find you, like besides the Bandcamp? And do you have a website or anything? Yeah, I got a website, illegallyman.com. Um. <coughs> I got some classical stuff I did in school on YouTube, some classical pieces, and some other stuff. YouTube's got some fun stuff. My trio, my jazz trio. Um, yeah. Cool, man. Well, Alika, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming down here. And, uh, of course, of course. You know, I might as well play, play us out here. How do I do this? Um, shit, which one is it? I think it's this one. Yep, there you go. <laughs> All right, folks, take care of yourself. Be nice to everyone. HJ's for everybody. That's right. And um, stay up.